0: Welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, thank you and praise you for all of the ways that you love us and take care of us, all the ways that you bless us. Lord, I ask that you would uh, give us grace and mercy. Give us your uh, beautiful attention today, Lord. As we uh, enter into Memorial Day weekend, Lord, we uh, pray in a special way for those who have given their lives in military service, those who put their lives on the line for the sake of peace and justice in our country and in the world. Lord, we do ask that you would end all war. I pray, Lord, that you would be the Prince of Peace and that you would establish your peace that surpasses all understanding in our minds, in our hearts, in our families. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. When the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What a great title for Jesus, the Prince of Peace. I think that's awesome. If I think about what many, many families would want, if you said you could add in a, a reality into their homes, into their home life, I think peace would be pretty high up on the list.
1: That or Mighty Conqueror. Just... <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay,
0: I, isn't that? I, I the peace is that what the, the tranquility that comes when things are in order. That's, and I don't.
1: Yeah, and I don't think you always realize peace until you're in chaos. It's something that I take for granted, whether it's peace in relationships with my siblings or with you or my children or co not co workers but friends. Um, when things are disturbed and out of order, then I realize oh. The piece is gone. And then it's something I crave or desire or
0: took for granted. And, and it's funny because I think about, for instance, here we are in this little humble studio and there's a little bit of chaos here. There's a little bit of out of order quality to this space. And it's funny because I don't walk in one day and everything's in order. And then I walk in the next day and it's all chaos, like a chaos bomb went off. It just slowly <laughs> accumulates over time.
1: You notice I've been, I continually move stuff down to your office. You get these packages and this equipment for real estate, and some of the things you're doing, and I just keep moving it down to your room. Is that a sign? But you're I'm not to like send really, a message to me. Well, I no, I should actually help you, but I'm not sure where to begin. And I don't know. Do you also have an office space? So I thought maybe you'd start bringing it
0: there. I I will eventually bring it there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's, isn't that part of the idea of it's, it takes real work to get to peace. Sometimes you think peace is just lounging around in the, in the chair, sunning yourself in the backyard. Uh, But to arrive at peace requires a lot of determination and effort, focus, energy, commitment.
1: It's interesting that our garage is already a mess. And I think we do like a deep, clean dump run every three
0: months. Yeah, that at least. And then every two months, there is the effort to get in there and put it back in order again.
1: And it's not like we're bringing a ton of stuff into the house, but it just becomes, it's kind of like the place where I put things or stash things that I'm not, I don't have the time to deal with in the moment or in that week or in that month. or. And I just am amazed at how quickly it becomes out of order. And, you know, that's a way, you know, space has peace, but I think you're referring to relationships and peace.
0: Right. Yeah. And so today on the program, we're going to talk about things that help establish peace, especially peace when you ta- uh when you define it the way Augustine did as the sense of serenity, tranquility, the calm surface of the lake that's undisturbed that comes from things being in order.
1: Tom, what's the difference between serenity and Tranquility.
0: So, the the word serene is has a root meaning of peace. Interesting. In in Greek, I believe, uh, tranquilitas in Latin is just tranquility. So these are you know these are just synonyms. Just it's like a thesaurus, you look. So up they're the not
1: word. necessarily like distinct
0: attributes. What's of the peace? difference between serenity and tranquility? Uh, no, I, I would probably if you showed someone sitting by a lake. And it was perfectly still would you use the word serene or tranquil serene yeah
1: oh was i supposed to say tranquil either one <laughs> i didn't mean to catch you off guard with what the a question. tranquil
0: setting what a serene setting yeah. that that they're very close in their meaning but i think that if we hold on to this the peace is connected to order and when you have peace there's a sense of calmness with the order because you can slave drive people into order. Right? Do you know anything about that? No. Strong, forceful commands to get them to drive ahead and get stuff done. Tom, our therapist said not to do negative humor with me. <laughs> it was a negative humor. It was a slight. It come was, on, that it was, was a was reference. Slight. It was a reference I know, to I sometimes think we bring the it means it to an end. That's prudence. To him and ask. Prudence is you doing the you're <laughs> achieving the good thing in the right way and. I think that we want order, but we don't always get to arrive at the condition of tranquility, of order with tranquilitas. You can get to the right sense of order by um, using command and control and forcefulness. Today, we want to dive into, we are going to dive into a couple of important ways that we have found as a family to help bring about a sense of. Serenity or tranquility, order, through order that is not only peaceful, but also freeing. Talk about another word that you'd want. Jesus says, you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. A flourishing, right? like what will help a family flourish, have a sense of freedom as in spontaneity, enjoyment, and to have it be grounded upon a sense of peace. And what we're going to discover is it's not a magic pill, but it takes some effort. It takes some effort, energy, and focus and attention. And uh, this is where I say, I thank you, Jesus, that I married Carrie, um, because you are really good at this. You're really good at researching and then implementing, improving, testing, evaluating, and then re-implement again some things that we have installed in our family over the course of our 27 years of marriage to help bring about tranquilitas ordinis, the tranquility that comes when things are in order. Excellent. Yeah. So um, Carrie, we are going away for the Memorial Day weekend yes. and we did it because of me. I put all the planning in place. <laughs> I did none of it. I don't even know where we're going. <laughs> to be so. honest,
1: I kind of wish we weren't going away because it's finally starting to get warm here. Finally. And, Memorial Day weekend is like the weekend where you put your yard in order.
0: Really? Uh, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. That th- I'm That's exposed. Okay. That's I'm okay. Exposed. Tom.
1: <laughs> it really is a time to go out and and weed and cut and prune back and I don't know, just prep the garden. It feels like that, anyhow. But we're not going to be here. We're going up to Priest Lake, which is the the southern the northernmost lake. It's like 15 miles from the Canadian border.
0: The topmost part is really—it's yes. a long lake. It's
1: I think 20, almost 20 miles long. Which, when you think about 20 miles on the freeway, that is really long. And the upper part of the lake is all—you uh, can't get to it, but by a boat or by like biking, taking a bike, or oh, wow. you could walk in. And also, when I did a little research, um, <laughs> it's not that important, but. It's no, every, this lake is known by people in Seattle. And so when we were going to move here, there were a couple of families that said, oh, have you been to Priest Lake? Do you know about Priest Lake? And they'll, they'll drive all the way from Seattle and they definitely go by many beautiful lakes and they bypass them all to come. Well, that would be like, that'd be a six hour drive probably to get from Seattle I, I to the Lake. I how it was
0: named Priest Lake. And then you have Spirit Lake and you have Excellent. Priest River. Right? At in Cor Delane. I, I don't know what Cor is heart. I don't know uh, what Delane the is. The heart
1: of it had something to do with I just looked this up because they're starting the Cor de Cristo, the, the high school. Oh yeah, Cor de Heart Christ of Christ. Mm-hmm. Which I love the name of the new high school, but um has something to do with the um just the make jobs. It up. Yeah. Just make it up. Like, that sounds good.
0: It well, whatever the case, um, going away, it's not only the idea of going away from home, but it's going away for the sake of and it's not just hanging out by a lake. It's also the kind of things that we'll do. And, and we've done this for years. And what am I talking about?
1: Well, typically we go away. I take the girls and we do a girls weekend. But this time, I think we're just going to do the whole family because the girls are starting to disappear from our house. Um, meaning they've moved away. Um, but it's a great time of year to do reflections and to kind of take a, a, a stock and how the year has gone and what has happened over the year you might see sometimes that you can do like memory books or into the year books and some of them are a little bit trivial they're not bad I mean they're they're a great place to start well they're, where you're where you will have your child fill out things like their favorite subject or teacher or their favorite book they read or you know their best friend what they'll miss most and those are nice things um I think we do typically questions regarding what was the hardest thing you faced this year or what was something new you tried this year or what was the, uh, an embarrassing place or how did you grow outside of yourself where you had to really put others first? Um, Maybe what was your, what are you most proud of? Did I say that? When we talk about books you've read, I think we talk about what piece of literature or what is something you read or studied that changed your viewpoint on an area or or deepened your heart regarding that area. And so I think we try to take, I don't know, how would you compare those two types of questions?
0: Well, Well, first of all, let me just step back and say, I love that you strive to introduce into our kids' lives, into our family life, rich conversation. It's something that you've done through buying little card games like or a box of cards oh
1: those
0: those conversation starters (laughs) right which you can
1: you don't have to buy a box you can just pick online they have all this stuff it's all ready to go
0: yeah, but it takes effort. And sometimes it's easier just to buy the box. Than, yes. Like, to, what site do I go to? And then how do I filter through them and all that? <laughs> but then
1: you have to organize the box. And then you have to find all the box pieces. And then you have to put it away. And then it gets taken out. And then it falls on the floor.
0: <laughs> but It's it's really fascinating because you got this, I think, in part from reading about the lives of families that uh, produced the kids that did great things. I think I remember Kennedy, the Kennedy family, didn't uh, Rose Kennedy like have at the table I th- conversations. I remember you read like the biography of her. I and- think
1: that they just talked a lot of politics and they he would have them argue different sides of an issue. Was that what it was?
0: I but thought it was more than that. Let's just was, clarify. Like, what they- did you do today that was meaningful and purposeful? And all <laughs> well,
1: this? I think it's a uh, senator. Is it Ben Sass? He wrote a book on parenting and how oh, to... Right.
0: I remember that. We talked about we that And we did before. that
1: book and they had some really great ideas. Um, the Kennedy's had maids, or cooks, or servants. <laughs> so I could have come to dinner very well prepared if I had someone making my dinner and cleaning up afterwards. But um, it was just more, you know, you get to the end of the day, and you're a little tired, and your kids are maybe whiny, or hungry, or hyper-energized. or energized. And so trying to organize that conversation is really difficult. And we've talked about this, Tom. Our conversations are better around prayer time. I think, like, just last night was it two nights ago where the kids were talking for a good 40 minutes something yeah, half about an hour and
0: and about faith topics and and all of that
1: and that just feels like a i think they're kind of well they would not declare that
0: credit for prayer ariana <laughs> said dad we prayer. just spent a half an hour talking about god and the catholic faith i think that should count for prayer I do you get any credit for that i just don't know why we have to
1: fight them with prayer well wait a minute i think you have to fight me with person times anyhow um so it's just when you have that time with your, your children to how do you get to those level of conversations that are a little bit more purposeful, meaningful, without it feeling forced or, um, it, you know, sometimes it just happens naturally. But sometimes then you have these conversations and the kids yearn for it and they desire it and you bring it back around and they can take it to the next level. I think we're just creating the guardrails
0: for The environment. It. Yeah, you know. the context. In fact, it, and it also plays to personalities. We have the extroverted kids' personalities generally, and I don't mind stepping back in those situations because I'm a little bit more introverted. And you always get a kick, well, get a kick out of that. You wonder about that. Why am I not stepping in and being a bit more directive because i have there's a lot I can give.
1: I think you, yeah, well, let's not talk about us so much, but um oh
0: no, no, no no, no. this. <laughs> I do a lot of talking. I want this to be about me now instead of. <laughs> Okay, so the okay, folks hearing what we're saying, be intentional in this time of the year, as your kids are finishing their school year, to step apart from the typical activities you're doing. You don't have to go away to priest Lake, but to step apart, even if it's step apart in a chunk of time, even if you're staying in the same place and ask questions that are reflective about the school year it's there's a natural ending point here and there's also a natural beginning point as you head towards the summer all right we're going to pick up on this theme in just a minute in sound insight please stay tuned welcome back to sound insight this is tom curran i'm together with my wife kerry and we're reflecting on faith and family how do you foster faith in your family what are some things that you can do and this is paying attention to the time of year Yesterday I mentioned that it was the uh, feast of the traditional feast of the transfiguration so today is the traditional day 1 of the Holy Spirit novena so Kerry we will we'll do what we traditionally use the EWTN novena to the Holy Spirit we'll come around to that at the end of the program but just to say Kerry we were talking about the idea of going away having a bit of a retreat and there taking some time to reflect on how the year has gone and then setting ourselves up to have a good fruitful summer and um, it's something that if you don't do any kind of conversations like this in the course of the year, it can be very disruptive and interventional to try to all of a sudden introduce this new way of communicating together uh, in, in 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 right now so just be aware of that be aware of that you want to begin to build a culture in the home, an atmosphere, a standard set of behaviors that just flow naturally that involves more reflective questions and more uh, dialogical conversations among your kids as they're getting older about things that are important.
1: Yeah. And I think what's really great about this is you can, We I typically write the answers down and I'll give them several of the questions ahead of time and we'll just send them off and they can sit and reflect and try to go back and take stock of what has happened in the, the previous year or that year. And it's really neat to have them for later on, from f- for five years from now or 10 years from now, I've been cleaning out a bunch of different bins for the kids into the school year bins that so- sometimes moms will gather all their art in like best papers, written reports. And um, we went through a few of them and got rid of a ton of stuff we really didn't need or the kids didn't really want. And I was like, that's fine. But we, what the kids really did value was going through and reading these um, surveys that we've done previously in the last five, six, eight years ago. And just what they wrote when they were in, you know, now they're in ninth grade and previously they were in third grade or fourth grade. So just how they've grown or kind of laughing at their younger self. Um, But it's a great, memory marker for later on down the w- road and it's something that they will i think do with their own families when they have families is to really teach reflection and to teach um I mean Tom just asking you why is it important to reflect upon where you've come from in the last year
0: Yeah so reflection is a way of making truth take root in your heart and then it begins to blossom forth in life that that's a that's a general way of saying it, that it's through reflection. The truth comes to life. It's through reflection that truth sets you free. It, that You don't normally think of it like that. You think of, I come to be free by my action. I'm going to take this action. Well, guess what? Reflection is a type of action. It's an interior action. We tend not to Highlight that, emphasize that, just like sitting in silence and contemplating is not doing nothing. It's a type of action. In fact, it requires a tremendous amount of energy to focus and say, I know how to reflect. Because what we'll typically do is just stay in the normal rut of what we think about things. Okay. And it's only when you introduce outside content that you can relate. To those ruts of what you think about, that it can what I was blown away when I read this. Oh, my mind just got open to a whole other way of thinking. Oh boy, I'm so glad I now think about this in a deeper way. So, do you think when they hear their
1: siblings share their point of view about a reflection, that it reco- that it allows them to go deeper or to expand, or even though we're all in the same family and
0: yeah, I. I want to say a good example of that was when we, for a time, said we will not pray the family rosary every day, but instead we'll read the Psalms together. Remember we did that? Yes. And we just started with Psalm 1 and started walking forward. And wasn't it fascinating? It was to me. I think it was to some of the siblings as well. When the kids would read the Psalm, sit quiet, reflect on it, and then have a chance to share, what did you get out of the psalm? And they would draw attention to a particular verse and share what they got out of it. I still remember the way that there were these, wow, these surprises, because we're talking not about information, we're talking about insight. What did you, how did you see into that? How did that passage see into you? Ooh. That's a powerful way of saying it. When you read something like the Word of God or even profound writing, it shines a light on your own life. It exposes you. And all of a sudden, you're thinking about things in a different way. In fact, we just went through an exercise of that. Do you remember what it was? No. It was the seven hills to die on as a parent. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, we're going to go over those. Um, so uh, let's wrap up this conversation about Going away for the weekend and using it as a, a time to relax, time to have fun, time to do things, but also an intentional time to retreat and reflect and then do some goal setting.
1: Yeah, and I, we won't go into that, but just that the summer's coming and it is, requires a lot from mom, probably more than dad, but both because I'm here not working <laughs> to um, set up the summer for your kids and just to have some intentionality and purpose. Um, Of course, the kids just relax and have a good time. But also, there needs to be some guidance as to how they best spend their time and grow in whatever area you discern with them that they need to move into.
0: Nice. I like that, Carrie. So I think as we move towards the summer, we could um, revisit that for a segment or two on, on on a program soon to come about goal setting for the summer and and how valuable that will be. Um, And the last thing I'll say is this, is in that spirit of uh, peace is the tranquility of things being in order. um, It's not only that we have a little bit of disorder or chaos in the environment of our home, but it's felt a little bit more scattered, I think in part because we've missed out on um, our family meetings. We have been less solid. Committed to getting our family meetings in place, and you, you, you shared one with me. You identified a a a negative fruit of a lack of a family meeting. Do you remember when it was? (laughs) No. Okay, this week. Don't remember. We normally have family (laughs) meetings on Sundays, and as part of a family meeting, we'll schedule out the week. And it's more than just a practical thing, like oh, let's be pragmatic and let's map out the week. You have a powerful insight into why it's important for kids to go over what's going to happen this week.
1: Oh, yes. I now know what you're talking about. Yes. I think um, with regard to that, one of our kids didn't want to do an activity that we had. Com- she had committed to, and it kind of got sprung on her. And I think kids and even teens need time to know that, oh, this week we're going to A, B, C, D, E. On Tuesday, we're going to go to... V- Mass on Wednesday night. We're serving at this event on Thursday. We're having the special dinner, so make sure you're all here because we're going to be um, doing uh, honoring one of a our Tuesday siblings. You
0: have practice or, th- or Tuesday, Wednesday. You have that commitment after school, or yes.
1: So there's all these little details to the schedule that they all don't know about because they're not mom and dad, and they're not running the household. But when you know it ahead of time, as a very occupied. Um, school child, it really helps make space in your heart, in your mind, in your character to welcome that, to, in, to move into that. And when we often, when I forget to tell my kids something, it really catches them off guard and just causes a real like grinding of the gears as you're trying to move the car forward or the, the, house, the household forward. Um, so those family meetings, I think, are almost more helpful to mom, to me, than they are to all of you.
0: Well, if you want to have smooth functioning, if you want to have peace in the home, the tranquility of things being in order, when they feel, when kids feel or relate to, hey, right now, you got to get ready. I, it's not my fault, you forgot, but you committed, you've got to go do it. Now, all of a sudden, parents have to amp up the level of intensity of accountability, of calling for them to be true to their word. And you can save yourself a lot of that hassle by doing some remote preparation. You just prepare them on Sunday. You show it to them on the board that they see. You can remind them in the morning. And then all of a sudden, there's this sense of saying, whoa, wait a minute. Now you're bringing the disruption, not I. We already talked this through. You've already committed to it. So I think that that is a powerful, one of the powerful uses of family meetings.
1: Yes. And I think, you know, this article that we're going to talk about, Tom, he refers to it as fighting with your kids, like what fights do you want to choose with your kids that are worthwhile?
0: Oh, yeah. Was I don't that, like that, that word. Title? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What I the like the what hill to die on. Right?
1: <laughs> but it is, I guess I consider them more arguments or formation
0: yeah it conversations.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think of a better way to say it because I'm not fighting with my child but when it comes to chores I do feel like we've I've fallen into a couple of fights with a couple of my kids like it's why is it my job why do I have to do that I mean it just goes on and on round and round I'm like just give me your phone you're done you can get your phone next week I'm so tired of arguing with you about whatever it is that they need to do and you know, these are really important formation conversations because it's their heart posture that is closed, that is obstinate, that is (laughs) self-centered. I just rip them up one side and down the other. But um, there is a way in which you are forming character in your child. And there are arguments or discussions that, you know, I wish they all went really smoothly and they all saw life the way I do and they agreed with us. But this is where you're building something that's Hopefully, long-lasting.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: So, what fight would you have? I mean, I guess that's a question. What fights do you have with your kids, or arguments, or discussions that you would not give up, or you don't want to relent, or you want to enter into because they're that important?
0: Yeah. So, uh, I, I, what I love to do when I see these kind of articles is, what, what's the exact title of it? Do you have? I it don't have there? it. No. It was. It was like the seven the seven fights to have with your kid I that are worth having, something like okay. that. I thought it was like the seven hills to die on for your kids. That sounds better. I, I took a picture of it. I can uh, try to figure it out. Um but I I try to say what would my answer be? Let me come up with my seven before I look at theirs. And I definitely was surprised at at his. Um uh, it's by if you want to look it up, it's by David
1: Morris. This is his Twitter. But it says parents have to choose their battles. Eight fights worth picking with your kids. Eight fights worth picking with your
0: kids. Okay. And when you hear some of what he's saying, it was almost a little bit forcing a little bit, like the theme into that characterization of it. Like it's a fight to get your kid. His first one was not on my list at all, which was to read a book, to get them to read. Yes. And so you want to... Talk because that probably would have appeared on yours, or when you saw it, you were like, "Oh yeah, I get that."
1: Oh yeah, I think that is one thing, especially in summer when summer comes. I don't go after my kids during the school year because they have their own books they're reading for school, but definitely in the summer. And these are fights that probably that are more prominent in the summer too <laughs> because the kids have more time. So then you're trying to shape. Okay, well, what are you doing with this time? You're you've been given an, an amazing character a soul and God expects you to give back. And how are you, how are you growing in the goodness of God? Anyhow, just made that sound very spiritual, but there's other stuff too. Um, yes, I think uh, the reading part is I have kids that are just natural readers and they love to read and I can't get a book out of their hand. And then those that just don't want to read. And something that reading requires is focus, like attention. And that. So it's not just getting into a good story. It's not all the conversations that happen around read alouds. It's not the you know the you know character conversations we just talked about, where wonderment and reflection. But really, um, to have one of your kids who doesn't like to read to just sit and read for an hour or two, just teach them to focus and to go and
0: and, and grow in comprehension.
1: Oh, there's so many benefits. Um, I, I in his article he said, um, one of his relatives was a prepared kids for the ACT, or Uh the SAT as well. And she could tell, like the one key thing she could tell is kids that didn't read. It was very evident and you could not bring them up to speed with all the comprehension they had missed out on. And I I know that's an academic thing, but reading is such a great, just so much about it. Anyhow, that's a fight that I know... We have, and I got to the point where I just started paying my kids to read, or I took their phone away, or I'd, you can do positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement for any one of these. But anyhow, it was just—it's been a thing for us.
0: Well, in the context of right now, reading also introduces into kids' lives um, things that are just less common, like a book in the hand yes, rather than true. a video game, a video game player. Oh, a, the a statistics are staggering. Like, all you- of that stuff.
1: Sorry, Tom, but when you hear how many people are not picking up a book anymore and just reading articles or just listening to podcasts, it's staggering. And sometimes I look at my stack of books and think, I wish I just had a week. I wish I could pause time, freeze time, and just sit and read these eight books that just sit there. (laughs) And it's so much easier to just go on my phone.
0: I think it's in the Talmud, uh, which is like rabbinic commentaries on the Torah, that one of the visions of heaven— was rabbis in a room studying the Torah. That it's a heavenly, divine activity to engage your intellect in penetrating God's Word. And and, and that's based on a book. The yes. ability to have that in a book is really cool. All right, that that's just the first one of seven. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation in a minute. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran, and I'm together with my wife, Carrie. and we are doing some live reflection on the seven battles.
1: Okay, I'm in a battle right now with my kids, and it has been a cross. Do you want to guess which one?
0: Is it do yard work? (laughs) Do chores? Yeah, that too.
1: Wait, I'm in many battles. (laughs) Wait a minute. Which one do I pick? Uh, Get a job. Get a job. It's, well, it's a sense of contributing to the family so those who can't get a paying job it's contributing in chores but that's not really the, the issue here it's trying to get my 16 and older kids to go get a job to fill out forms online to go introduce themselves to hand over a resume and thank the lord my daughter said she was offered a job at three places today so there are jobs and she has two interviews tomorrow um, so now she doesn't know which one to choose. There's so many options, but um, I think girls her age like to work at coffee shops. They like those little drive-through coffee shops where you get tips and you're on your own or you're with one other gal, and it's in this tiny little hut that has just. I know several of my nieces work in coffee shops, and they think, oh, if we do this, we not only get a salary but we get tips as well,
0: which means cash in hand at the end yeah. of the at the end of the work shift. <laughs>
1: So that's what they're going, her and Ariana are looking to work at coffee shops. But um, it's, that doesn't just happen. That comes from getting your child to contribute throughout life. It's not, you know, when they turn 17, they're going to go get a job. But no, what were they doing when they're five, six, seven, eight? How did they contribute? And he was just saying in this article, Dave Morris, that he knows several families where their kids don't help with the housework. They don't help with the yard work they don't have a sense of ownership or life skills i i don't know any family like that just saying
0: <laughs> i well and if you say where that's the tendency uh, i can think of two immediate reasons why that would be the tendency where the kids are not don't have high demands placed on them to be contributing what would that be for well the number one reason i think is the easiest which is, it's more work for you. It's more work for me than to just do it myself. (laughs) Right. How many times do you hear that? Oh, it's so much time, trouble, effort to, to get the kids to do something. I should just get it done and do it myself. And it, it, it's because it's a battle of wills, right? Just because you will this good, in other words, you see it as valuable. That doesn't mean they see it as valuable. In fact, they see it as miserable. This is not a good thing. So why do I have to do this? So you have resistance, reluctance.
1: Uh, you know, and for and I don't blame my kiddos. I I love that they can drive and go off and do have fun. And a couple of them have iPods or phones. But I love taking away the car. I love saying, you can't go out tonight until all of you have your bedroom cleaned. You all have cleaned your bathrooms. <laughs> You've done your zone. So there is a way in which, oh, okay, mom, I think like me, I want to clean my room. I want to have the kitchen clean. But I get distracted and dispersed with... Ten other things that are way more exciting, than cleaning a kitchen, and I think kids are no different. And oh, well, so this is, the,
0: this is the Augustine principle. Right? So Augustine says, the person who does what is good, because he is command, because it is commanded, is a slave. The one who does what is good because it's valuable is free. And the challenge is to parent your kids from slavery to freedom from doing what is good because it's commanded to doing what's good because it's truly valuable. And I
1: think that's why we value having kids over or, or parties or events. Our kids will clean the house without me saying a word when all their friends are coming over. But if nothing's happening, oh, forget it. It's well, way too yeah, much that, work. That's self-referential
0: context. Yeah. Okay, another and I fight? think that's where oh, parents sorry. are their own worst enemy. We are our own worst enemy because there are, are ways in which we parent our kids where we create a softness, uh, 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 an environment where we want you to just just be we got you covered again i don't know any
1: parents like that do you, you
0: me us are you teasing i don't think i saw it. i do that how many times do we say i got it covered okay I'll when you venmo
1: mary Catherine every three days money yes it's i think you need to suffer days. through not having Taco bell one time it was four days <laughs> dad i went through the account uh-oh I I'm went exposed. through our. our <laughs> I was like twenty Venmos every three, four she, days. Carrie,
0: she's very convincing.
1: I know she's she been had, home for two weeks and still hasn't found a job. So this is our argument, you guys. This is our fight. <laughs> Forget the fight that you bring to your kids. How about the fight you bring to your spouse? How about no?
0: But that comes from the kids. <laughs> it has the kids as a source, and this is your parenting. Trying oh. to parent teens. Okay, an another
1: thing. fight. This is a this fight. I totally agree with. Agree with, and it's not letting your kids go first. And I think, you know, when we may have dinner...
0: Is that one of the battles? Is it, I mean, he says... It,
1: he, de- determ- he says it as me, me, me. It's kind of the world revolves around me. Um, and kids, make the kids go last. Make them, like, how many times do we go to the car and they want to sit in the front? Who, you know, who calls shotgun? Or they want to have the best uniform or jersey. Oh, yeah, I got the best one. I picked first. Or they have the best seat at the concert or the movie or the church. You know, you just see us fighting and vying for ourselves, like... Because we model
0: that to them as well. Or well, what do we model to them? Because I think that I think that I I have a servant's heart. And especially when it comes to things that if the family's doing stuff together, I'll just go last. And I if I have a chance to not go last, I'll choose the lesser thing. But
1: when we go to St. Joan of Arc and you you want to get there really early so we can get a seat, I'm like, what happens if we just sit in the overflow room and let another family have a pew? That would be a servant. Jesus is not calling us to do that. <laughs> this that, is what that's just being lazy
0: and responsible. No, it's irresponsible not. it's, it's to okay.
1: Or, oh, how about when there's uh, you know a thousand people there on Christmas Eve and I'm gonna sit in the overflow room and let another family sit in the actual sanctuary? Uh,
0: you know what? I'll, I'll take it. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm feeling a little bit convicted. I, okay, I don't Tom. exactly know how to answer that. That is a really so, interesting thing.
1: I think with me, me, me. This really happens with food. When we pick up food from a drive-in or when I put out, um, there's only, you know, three pieces. There's three steaks and there's seven kids or there's um, two donuts left and there's five kids. I, so sometimes it I see it happening with food. It's like, how do you share? How do you be generous? How do you think of other sources? That's a really beautiful character formation effort or a goal. Um but it shows up just generally speaking when you're just trying to get in the car or the kids are, um, I don't know, just it's just being self-centered. It's its the way we're made. If, if we're not formed out of that and, and can have that conversion of heart and live on behalf of others. And I deal with it all the time of being, this is my time. I'm like, don't interrupt me. I need to go watch my show and this, I've done all the, what, you know, they probably get it from me, <laughs> but this is a fight that is well, important
0: it's the cardinal virtue of moderation, and it's also about the virtue of self mastery right where we learn to deny ourselves and sacrifice what is easy and pleasant and comfortable for the sake of something that is better, yes, and yeah. that's growth and virtue and if we it can give the kids an easy er it's not that difficult to say, don't choose the you know the 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 plum piece of whatever choose the lesser one you, you feel it you actually feel that there's the sacrifice involved but there's something good that comes from that yes you learn the good of bringing joy to others it's rather so than attractive finding enjoyment yourself
1: and it's so attractive when you see kids that are putting others first that are waiting to go last that are seeing the the big picture and they just step back or they say how can I help I'm not gonna go get my food I'm gonna be a servant very
0: gracious about it
1: it's just such a delight to my my heart is when my kids are kind and generous towards others it it just feeds my soul okay another fight did what did you pick do you have a fight on your own list
0: I for me I had the fight of keeping kids off keeping smartphones out of kids hands
1: okay that is a fight to die on. That that is a hill to die on. Is... This is he re, he refers to that as limitations. So you limit your the kids screen time, or they have limits on their diet, or you know how much junk food or sugar they're allowed, or schedule not keeping them so
0: busy, busy, busy. That yeah no that's way too general. That's way too general. Uh, I you, for me when I think about hills to die on it uh, the hills are um, modest clothing. Really? No modest clothing is a hill to die on.
1: That is so interesting.
0: Yeah, I and I learned that. You know, what I learned that from. Wait, is that your top eight or like top? Yeah. Okay. In in my kids' lives, modesty and purity and self control, chastity and self control. We just added a bunch. <laughs> no, those are those are those are they're all together. A, those are our sisters. Those okay. are virtues that are sisters. They they, they, they the daughters. They're, the daughters of chastity are modesty really? and purity, self control. I did not know that. You can't be chaste unless you're modest, pure, and exercise self control. Okay. And so they all are linked together, right? Champs for Christ. Chastity for self-control, right? And so that is it's hard to overstate the importance of chastity in human living. If you want to be peaceful as an adult man who's a husband and a father, you have to be chaste. And chaste is what? Chaste is the, it's when the affective dimension of your human nature that shows up as your sexual uh, identity, the affective dimension is properly ordered. It's ordered towards life giving expressions. So my affection towards you is held in reserve for you. If there is an, a temptation to put that towards others, I'll tell you about it in a minute. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. Well, before I was so rudely interrupted by that break, dear, I was talking about a, uh, a hill worth dying on, a battle worth fighting, and it. I was, I was proposing that it's the... I, I said modesty at first, and it actually was something that I remember talking about with Mary Beth Bonacci on a series of TV programs I did on EWTN. I produced them and Mary Beth and I were the two presenters and it was on formation for love and chastity. And I happened to be interviewing her and having a conversation with her about modesty. And she said the phrase modesty is a hill worth dying on. And I that that's what came to my mind when we were talking about this, like what, what is a battle worth fighting? And why? Why would modesty be such a big deal? And, well, here we are. It's 15 years later, almost 20 years later, from the time that I produced those, those videos and TV shows around that topic. And when you think about the fact, listen, listen to this, Carrie, um, that young men are violated and they are assaulted when impurity is presented to them. How's that? for uh, Let's talk about a different way of looking at it. Yes. Y- y- young men that are on the internet and they click on a site or they all of a sudden have a, an ad pop up or, or something comes in, it literally is an assault on their the purity of their soul. It's an assault on the... The, um, the healthy sense of their own sexual identity. It begins to stir in them a twisted experience of their own sexual desire. It warps the urge towards another human being, uh, of a man towards a woman and a woman towards a man. And when you use that language, all of a sudden that internet media is assaulting the purity of young men, violating their dignity, and leading them into energies inside that they are disgusted by, but sickly delight in, because it is pleasurable, because it's created by God, but it's Experienced in a twisted way, in a way that will lead them into addiction, depression, bondage, and other forms of sin that will lead them even further into shame, self disgust, and hatred. Gee, is that a hill worth fighting? Wow. I mean, when you put it that way, Tom, that's, that takes this whole
1: conversation to a, a more intense what is really at stake. Kind
0: of level, Yeah. When you think about if, if I'm going to fight a battle, if I'm going to go to battle for something, there better be something worth fighting for. There better be a lot at stake. And when I hear about the, let's call it the, the neutering of men, where men are no longer willing to stand up and be courageous, make sacrifices, say I can lead because of the way that they've become passive, the way that they've become uh, feminized, feminized, uh, effeminate, um, it, which means soft. They become so soft that there's no vigor. There's no vigor in men to be willing to stand up, speak out, and push back. And we say, where does that come from? It comes from internet pornography. It comes from uh, so much horrific media that stimulates and stirs kids in a negative direction. We've got to fight back. That We've got to fight for that. And then I think i got Daughter's Do I want men around my daughters who have been deeply impacted by all of that? Well, how many young men are deeply impacted by all of that? Many of them, most of them. I don't want to say all of them. It's not all of them, but many of them uh, in big cities, most of them in big cities. And who's there to protect them? Who's there to put up a wall of protection? Who's there to sound the alarm? Who's there to say, fight back, parents. Don't just settle for less. You got to fight back vigilantly. So, how do I really feel? <laughs> All right. Good time. So, Carrie, and, and that wasn't on the list. I know. How does this guy? How does this guy say that and and miss that? Eight fights worth picking
1: with your kids. Well, he has it as a limitation, and I think he was. We just talked about screen time, but you actually went into a whole thing of modesty, chastity, purity, purity. and
0: self control. Being yes. a champ for Christ, yes. Um, Carrie, is there another one on that list that you said, yeah, I I agree with that, or wow, I'm surprised at that one?
1: Uh, I think clean, that's not, um, outside fight, and this was fight to get them outside, to spend time in nature, sunshine, fresh air, beauty, reconnect, wonder. It was all around this idea that kids are inside, maybe on screens, maybe in front of just, I'm not sure what they're doing inside. But Isn't that
0: true? I just think that that's a basic insight. When I'm in my office for a lot of the day on phone calls and Zoom and, and doing work on yeah. the computer, the the difference it makes just to take a walk, like even just to go out and get the mail, to so walk I've, 100 yards to get the mail.
1: I feel sad when I'm inside and then I come out around noon, let's say, and I think, I've been inside all day and it's been this nice out and I missed out on this kind of experience. Or... When you just go out in the very early, early morning when the sun has just come up and you hear the birds and you feel the warmth of the sun and you just feel this fresh beginning to a beautiful, clean new day. And it doesn't have all the entanglement of the screen or the inside. How about the home environment? The
0: home environment. So when you say to me, honey, let's go take a walk. I know that part of it is you want to get exercise. I know part of it is you want to get away from the other kiddos so we can just spend time together talking. But is some of it to just get out in nature and fresh air type of thing?
1: And when I say fresh air, I mean, let me get out of the home environment where I feel the pressure of the jobs all around me or the kids are there and they're on me to help them with something. So it just creates a kind of a barrier or, or a distance. So let's get out. Enjoy the nature first and foremost. It's not really the exercise, although if I'm tired, it helps wake me up. And well, then, it's not
0: even really nature on the one hand because we're just walking on a street. Yeah, but it's but pretty. You're, you're I mean, you're seeing it's the view. You're up you're in the seeing, mountains. You're not you're not hiking on a water next to a waterfall, but you it's do see beautiful, a beautiful vista <laughs> and trees. It's beautiful. And, yeah.
1: I mean, I guess it depends on if you're walking down a busy street versus, you know, in a neighborhood or something.
0: There was one that you said when I said, hey, I've got seven in my mind or eight, whatever the number was. And I said, do you have any? And what would you say? You jumped to one that wasn't on his list that I was like, huh? Yeah, that makes great sense. And you do emphasize that. And that is getting the kids to eat healthy. That that is a battle. I see you waging that battle. All the time, like getting upset if the kids get off to the store somehow. They're going to the store to get a couple of staples that we need for the house, and they come back with a bag of ice cream, candy bars, junk food. (laughs) And you will, uh, with a regularity, say to the kids, This is not healthy for you. This is not helping you.
1: I don't mind if they have ice cream and chips, but at the amount they have it, I just don't think that it's healthy and it creates bad habits. I also think it's when we're making dinner and they want to come in or they break their in-between meal um, eating. It doesn't really help build an appetite or just and, and I think it's the lunches. It's when they well, it's all day long. It's it's at dinner, it's at lunch, it's in the morning. Um and when I see what they take for lunch and I have this simple rule of you have to take something that grew from the ground, whether it's carrots or broccoli or fruit of some sort, besides just taking pretzels. you know that's a diet?
0: My (sighs) brother George was on that diet. What diet? He was on uh, keto. And then he went to a diet that was like modified keto. And it was, um, oh, it wasn't, it was eat only living stuff. Like it has to be living. And so obviously it's like fruits and vegetables, things like that. I don't know if, I don't know if like fish and, and meat count or egg, maybe eggs count. Is that considered living?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. An animal. So an animal would be living. A protein. Yes. So what's not living then?
0: Like uh, margarine? Chips and Chips crackers. and potatoes. Oh my
1: goodness. Come on. So what, where do you draw the line?
0: Like bread is grain, right? No, so. no, no.
1: It's like, it, it's like in its pure form. strawberries not strawberry yogurt
0: (laughs) you know or what i can't have strawberry yogurt (laughs) oh man this is tough those yogurts from trader joe's oh my goodness those mini ones Those tiny ones Uh, then i look at the carbs and the sugar and it's like that's why they're so tiny you don't mind
1: a little anyhow um i don't know if that's a a battle that i want to die or a hill i want to die on it's more just encouraging them and
0: oh here's another one running out of time family prayer
1: Yes, that's a good
0: one. There was no mention of spirituality and God in there, but I would that's say family prayer.
1: Some of these articles are really lacking. But and the person
0: who posted it was like a Catholic coach on Facebook, and she I, had a 1,000 shares. And I'm like, people are saying, this is so incredible. And I'm like, you can't come up with a better list than this.
1: I know. Some people just don't think,
0: oh, this is really good. That's insightful. Family prayer is a hill worth dying on. you got to get your family together to pray. They don't. A reverent... <laughs> Mass. That was another one. You've got to get your kids to a reverent mass. That's a hill worth dying mm. on. And you got to get your kids to dress for a reverent mass. How about just go to church? Worth dying on. Like They didn't even is mention,
1: he... read your Bible, go to church, have a faith, walk. Family prayer. Well, it, All of that is absent from this list. So it's yeah. kind of
0: blah. That's too bad. Okay. All right, dear. Well, thanks for being with me today. Of course. All right, guys, have a blessed uh, Memorial, Day. Memorial Day weekend. And join me on Monday. I'm with Father Lewis and Father Nagel. All right, God bless you today and talk to you soon.